welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. So welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. I'm Jeanette Linfoot, I'm your host, and I am here today with an incredible guest, someone who is (laughs) very inspiring. Um, He's reached the top of his field in quite a number of businesses, actually, and uh, one of which he's probably most famous for, uh, Kiddie Care, which he sold him and his wife, Marilyn, to Morrison's for £70 million. But actually, um, also a massive investor in the world of property and sort of multiple businesses. Um, So I'm delighted to have Neville Wright on the podcast. So thank you for joining me, Neville. It's it's a pleasure. Thank you for coming over this morning, getting up early this morning and coming over uh, through all the traffic. And uh, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. And it's a pleasure to be uh, here. Great. Great stuff. Oh, fantastic. So we're here in Neville's beautiful home. Um, which is in Wandsford, so just out far, that's not it, that's far it. from. Tell everybody. Not as far, not as far from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cut. Cut. We can take that bit out. Um, um, but uh, Neville, I think a great place to start would be if you could just, in your own words, really, pe- talk pe- people through your journey, kind of where you started life and, and where you are now, really, and then we'll just go from there if that's okay. Well, um, the, the the book that. Um, you you brought a lot a lot of books for signing and yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. It says on the on the front it says um, dyslexia and ADH uh, were advantages, and um, and and they were. So throughout my life, dyslexia and, and ADH has has been a, a crucial part of my life. Uh, I didn't realise how uh, much of an advantage it would be, mm. but it's proven to be an advantage because I couldn't go. Uh, I couldn't think or do anything mainstream, so I was on the fringe, and and I think this is uh, where the entrepreneurial uh, streak came from, being on the fringe of um, the, what people would class as the normal, and um, uh, so so that's where it started, uh, not being able to play uh, football or cricket or stuff like that because I'd got no uh, coordination Mm. Um, the letters of words just danced around and I showed you on my um, uh, website we've Mm. got a bit on dyslexia and a film on dyslexia and and you saw how the letters kept changing places and so therefore I couldn't tell the teacher that but all I could say is I can't see. What I me- meant is I can't see the words. Mm. I can't see how they're joined up. And I don't understand how other people can decipher all those jumbled up letters. Because I didn't know that other people didn't see the same as me. Mm. So, so therefore, I was kind of out of the um, normal mainstream. So I had to think of ways to get over the problems uh, that I had and get to the same solution as other people. Mm. So um, uh, that's, you know, really that was set the scene 
for me being an entrepreneur and having to look after myself mm. because it was when when you are with a group of people and you are dyslexic and you don't know you are people say you're stupid so yeah. I had years and years and years of being told that I'm stupid and it's a bit like today in 2020 uh, where brainwashing you know lots and lots of people are being brainwashed and I was being brainwashed because the curriculum wasn't right for me so there's certain things that are right for certain people and we're all different mm. and some people can uh, cope with uh, a curriculum and that curriculum uh, I couldn't so I needed one for myself. So I had to invent one for myself. Yeah. And um, I found over the years, uh, I'm talking about in school, is that, um, is that volume all right? Okay. Uh, I, I've, I found that certain times I was in my element. And that, when I say I was in my element, I loved Saturday. I loved it in the cattle market. I didn't want Saturdays to end. <laughs> Right, but then when it came to Sunday night, the fear came in and uh, the excuses to my mum that I was ill, um, that a dog had bitten me when I used to bite my arms, you know, and it was like, I don't want to go to school because I feel ill and, I, and, and anxiety and um, everything like that. So, um, yeah, she just used to say, no, that dog's not bitten you, you're bitten that. But she's not, she didn't mm. s understand and say, why? Why have you done that to yourself? Mm. And so, um, so I was, I found that I was the most happiest doing certain things, usually um, away from where people would call you stupid. So I knew things about rabbits and guinea pigs and chickens and all that kind of stuff, where people couldn't challenge me on mm -hmm. because I, I anyway I was in, in my element and I found if you go through life and you can find where being in your element is then you will do all right and if you can employ people and this is just going on to kitty care we we went from zero uh, to 125 people so if we could find what what um, people, how they was in their element and fit them to it, they would stay and they would be absolutely fantastic. You've seen Barry today. He's just, uh, Barry, <laughs> is, um, Barry came in 1998. It's in my book. He came to um, fold cardboard boxes and put them in a skip. <clears throat> he uh, had been in uh, jobs where he didn't fit. And um, so I could relate to that. And I hadn't got time to fold the cardboard boxes. I was unloading lorries all day. And um, he just happened to be emptying the waste paper baskets of the girls at four o'clock in the afternoon, which he used to do in the office. And a computer went wrong. And he just said, oh, you do this. And, and I was in the office. And I said, how do you know how to work computers? This was 1998. And, it, you know, it was, it was fairly new, mm. it was. And he said, oh, it's my hobby. I know about that. And, and I go, put the baskets down, Barry. You're now <laughs> our IT manager. <laughs> and that's how, you know, that's, that's just how we um, chose people for the roles. And if there wasn't a role for them, we would make a role. Yeah. And, 
and what we found is fitting people into their element in we expanded the business by doing that and people was happy and and it was motivated so um we, we grew that business from uh, from nothing to as you say 70 mm. uh, selling that for 70 million cash we'd sold three in the meantime so we grew and sold and grew and sold wow. and um uh, uh, and there was another business where we started, which was the window cleaning business. And we've still got that. We've, we've still <laughs> got it. To, what? Uh, that was 1974. Wow. So um, uh, we don't do any window cleaning uh, now. But uh, if we did, we'd be cleaning the shard. Yeah. You see, <laughs> yeah. so so there's always a, a positive thing, always something what you can go for. And, you know, there's... Um, the next step, the next step, you know, there's always something that drives, drives you. And I think ADHD uh, drove me because I can't sit still and, and it's like I want to be on to the next thing, the next thing. Mm. And not like you don't concentrate on your core business because I could concentrate on my core business because I could hire people around me who could... Um, <clears throat> do the things that I couldn't do yeah yeah and I I knew very early on a lot of people will not expand their business because they can do it yeah. but if you're not very good at some things then you need people around you and um, and so when you get when you're not afraid because there is a lot of people are afraid of employing people I was never afraid of employing people because I wanted the job doing yep. and I couldn't do it. So you employ people and then you have to get more work. Uh, and because it's easier, because you've got that person with you, it's easier to get more work and then you need more and more and more people. And it gets very exciting because the team grows and, uh, and throughout business, a team grows the business grows and then it gets to a, a platform where you're comfortable and having the ADHD, I was never, ever 100% comfortable because I was 90% on my core business yeah. and 10% looking around all the time, looking around, uh, trying, trying, trying different things. And some people can't cope with that. So, so therefore... When you you made a decision to go to, we, shall we call it the next level, the yeah. next platform? Um, unfortunately, some people can't cope, and and you leave them behind, or they go, they they naturally mm, disperse, mm, mm. and you get a new set of people. Luckily, not all of them go, and and because you can't get all all the people at once, it takes a couple of years yeah, yeah. of. Um, shall we say, intense training and, um, and, they, and they fo people follow you because they like what you're doing. They don't want to do it themselves because there is that risk element. Um, and so therefore they want you to take the risk and, but they want to be comfortable in that knowing that they're going to... Uh, get their money every month or every week or whatever it is and they're secure 
and that's fine. You know, I was looking for a security f far um, in excess of what, shall we say, the normal person wants security. Mm, mm. So most people want security so they can eat, so they can clothe themselves, so they can have a house, so they can have a nice car, so they can have holidays. And that seemed, oh, and a pension. Mm. So that seems to be the security. Uh, but from where we came from, Marilyn's mum and dad had a business in the 50s, or, or his father had a business mm. in the 30s and 40s. They took it over early 50s and went bankrupt. They took the business over and um, they, they, there, there's a, a point of working in a business. Um, that's one thing. And you can be the best baker in the world but there's a totally different thing when that baker becomes an owner and then has to start running the company mm. they're two different things and this is why a lot of people won't expand and when they do expand they take it on themselves and they and they fall in fail you know of what whatever's going mm. on and they can't cope mm. with it mm. so this is why you have to have people yeah yeah uh, if you want to expand yeah and so marilyn didn't marilyn saw that the hospitalization of her father and the trauma that mm. went on for years and years and years after you know the mental trauma mm. uh, which affected her because in those days children uh, were um were there to be seen and not to be heard and a good slapping I don't know what a bad slapping is but a good slapping <laughs> you know is uh, yeah. put, puts paid to opening your mouth so she's come from a world of not talking being shy uh, and I came from a world of my father had been in um, the Japanese war and and he just used to beat the shit out of me mm. yeah because I think he was I don't know whether he mentally uh, had a problem coming back from the war. Uh, I would imagine so, because most of his mates died, yeah. you know, and, and um, over the years. And and um, uh, and what happened is, um, I think we, he was probably trying to teach me subliminally, you know, that uh, I've got to be tough. So mm. uh, so those were the kind of backgrounds that we grew up in. And, and so we wanted more security probably than the average person yeah we wanted yeah. to be rich yeah although i didn't say it at the time uh I, when i was at the welfare office begging for two pounds a week and they wouldn't give it they, their advice was have another child and i didn't take their advice because i was a little i think my father had uh, taught me a little bit different to that so um so that was i promised myself that i would be paying a million pounds tax Right. And this is mm. when most people was only getting about £10 a week yeah. in income, <laughs> 10 to £20 yeah. a week in income. I promised myself that I'd pay a million pound tax every year because of the stupidity that, you know, the system w was in. So it's not, but I don't know, I, I paid about 50 million over the years and... Um, and I think it was a waste of time because I, I could have done far better for the country with that money than um, uh, the, mm, mm. the the people who 
I gave the money to. But anyway, that's a different story. Brilliant, brilliant. Gosh, there's so much there's so much in here, isn't there? My God. I mean, yeah, I said I said no, it's brilliant. I'm loving it. Because you know, this podcast, Brave Bold Brilliant, is is exactly about all of these things. Yes. Um can you are obviously the epitome of brave, bold and brilliant. Otherwise we wouldn't be here having a conversation. But you know, I think there's a couple of things just to pick up on there, Neville. So for me, you had this vision. I want, you know, I want to, I want to pay 100 million in in, in tax. Yeah, yeah. I'm not necessarily realising at the time that that was actually what you'd probably call a vision. You know, now yeah. we, we talk about vision and purpose and right. knowing where where you, where you want to head to. Um, but you clearly knew where you were coming from and the comparison of that and where you wanted to be in the future, you and Marilyn and yeah. the family. Um, and and. Obviously, you had to take risks along the way, and you talked about that, how some people are more comfortable taking risks than others. But what, where do you think that came from in you, this sort of ability to keep going forward, to taking risks? And when the knocks came, because I'm sure there were lots of knocks along the way, um, you know, how did you keep yeah. going? Where did you get yeah. the strength to keep going forward? Every day there was knocks. Um, <laughs> every day there was knocks. But the thing is, there is always tipping points. And the tipping point is is um, when you have been uh, at school for 15 years and they call you stupid mm. um, and you believe it and then when you go into job after job after job because when they find out that you can't read um, and and in those days you were dumb yep. stupid then you used to run because of the embarrassment it was yeah. causing or they used to fire you because you could do your job you know if it wasn't practical then yeah. uh, if there's anything to do with um, paperwork, couldn't do it. So, um, but I was, I was good at practical work, you mm. know, but they wouldn't give you a secretary to, to do that <laughs> because it wasn't heard of. And, and um, I, su- I suppose uh, there's this, uh, this need that we've got to be secure, you know, mm. and, there was, uh, and, and the why we took risks was because we had lived in 1974, 73, 74, we'd lived uh, in a 10-foot caravan with um, our our three-year-old daughter. And, um, you know, you can't get much lower than that. And so, therefore, we, we made that a standard. And if you can live at that standard... And not and it not hurt you, mm. um, then that was the standard. So everything that we earned went into the business, okay. and we kept at that standard. And we used to say, uh, "Well, if it all goes wrong, we can always go and live back in the caravan." You know, we didn't want to. Even when eight years later we was living in a mansion mm. which was like unbelievable we could not believe what had gone on and um and and so our risk taking was uh, very easy for us because we knew the upside there's a tipping point where people take a risk mm. well how we was living and what the um gain was was chalk and cheese so mm. therefore there was all to gain and nothing to lose because yeah. we've got nothing so when you haven't got anything you've got nothing to lose and you've got everything to gain mm. and people go well i don't want to you know go across that mountain because it might be cold across the other side it might be too hot there might be might 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 mm. you know and go yeah but 
are you in a position if you're in a comfortable position you won't go across that mountain but if you are in a a bad relationship or or the water has run out where you're living and you're starving and you you know you've got to go over that mountain because Mm. this is you know the this is where uh, you take that chance. It cannot be any worse over there than it is here. Yeah, I love so that. So let's go for it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And that's how we, that's how we did it. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's interesting because I think you're right that so many people are so afraid of or focused on loss, what they're going to lose, you know, yeah. loss of money, loss of reputation, loss of X, Y, Z, that they never therefore think of what they're going to gain Mm. Um, and what you've just described there really perfectly is exactly you know what motivated you what what took you forward and what allowed you to sort of go well how bad can it be here we know we can survive with our love in a caravan and that's it that's pretty much it so everything else is upside Um, and I think that that is fascinating and and you've only got one go at it yeah make it count and and when um when I mean, one of my mentors and heroes was uh, Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, you know, and people like that. And they wasn't afraid. Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't afraid. You know, people, Rogers Bannister, uh, who did the four minute mile, he wasn't afraid. There was this thing of enthusiasm, ambition and can, why can't I go? Why can't I lift uh, w- whatever weightlifters lift? Mm, I don't mm. do it. But what, if they're interested in something, why not push the boundaries, mm. you know, and, and, and push it and see what you can do? Mm, mm. And why not push the boundaries, you know? Why, why does a, a person who has been told they're stupid all their life and they're, they're lam- when the teacher says you'll am- right you'll amount to nothing in life wow what a good thing because at the time you know you put down but the thing is it's reverse psychology it's like i'll show you yeah. well i didn't say that at the no, time but. i didn't know i yeah. put down anyway. <laughs> but afterwards when you start um working and things then all this comes back in your mind and you go oh, that teacher he said i'd never amount to anything you know and um actually i've now got a business and actually now i've got two businesses mm. and and so therefore he was he was wrong yeah but i'm glad he told me because it's reverse psychology and that drove me on more and more and more mm. Yeah, I can see that. And I mean, and, what, and the business you created. So if anyone's not read the book, you must read the book. It's fantastic, actually. And I read the book even before I even plucked up the courage to ask Neville if he would kindly be on, a guest on the show. But, you know, the title of the book, the answer is yes. Now, what's the question? Um, one, it, it catches the imagination, I think. Right. But to me, having read the book and I won't give it away because you really must read it. But that whole attitude to service and serving the customer is just something that runs through everything that, you know, in, in there. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that um, well, and I, how I, that played I, a part? I suppose it comes across like that. Well, it is true. But if I didn't do that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't win. You know, if you do what the customer wants, then you'll win. If you do, if you don't do what the customer wants, you'll lose. Mm. And it's exactly what's going on today in the high street in Stamford and anywhere else. Mm. You've got uh, a, uh, a little shop that sells 
cosmetics or clothes or bric-a-brac, whatever it may be, and you want to go and have a wander and you've got somebody standing at the door with his face mask on, which is totally alien, with a bottle of rubbish that they want to squirt onto your hands and you can't come into my shop unless you do that. And you go, well, actually... You know, you're alienating me and I'll go to the next one. Mm-hmm. And and um, it's it's like that. So people alienate themselves. So if you do what the customer wants, mm. uh, you will win. And if you do what the customer doesn't want, you'll lose. And what did that look like in Kiddie Care then? So Kiddie Care, you know, obviously the, the largest independent um baby shop really yeah. wasn't it that you yeah. you and Marilyn created together we did so how did that customer service kind of play out in reality on the ground for someone walking into the store yeah um wanting to buy a pram for yeah. their impending new arrival how, how did that look like in real in reality um well it, there, there was thousands of people come in uh the store every day especially when it got big mm. and I used to say to the uh, new people uh, who was there do you know, you see these customers coming in the door, yeah. do you know what they've come for? And they go, oh, a pram, a cot, you know, clothes, mm. I don't know. No. Mm. no, 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 they've only come for one thing. All of them. And I don't care who comes through the door, they're coming for one thing. And I go, what? We sell loads, of, we sell thousands of products. Why are they coming? They're coming for a salesperson to sell them something. And they don't know what they want when they're coming in that door. But you as a salesperson will get to know them, get to understand them psychologically, get to get into their, um, into their brain really mm. and find, tease out what they want. Yeah. And then you will fit a product that they want and need to them. And that's what they want. They don't know anything about prams. They come in bewildered. Uh, what they know is they're having a baby and they need to s- something to put it in. They haven't got a clue. Yeah. So therefore, as a salesperson, do not disappoint the customer. Mm. You are there for the customer. And uh, people go, oh, well, I thought I was here to sell prams. No, you're here to help people make that decision on what they need mm, mm-hmm. and um you know it's, it, it it is totally reversed to what people imagine mm. and w- when a customer comes to you and you don't want to disappoint them you should know more than the customer <laughs> and of course when the internet was coming along you could go on the internet and within an hour you could find out more about a pram or a push gel, whatever it is yeah. than most like um most of our competitors their staff probably didn't know as much but our staff had to train they had to know about these things so Mm. we got reps in uh that trained on their products right thoroughly trained they got to be better than anybody else in the industry Mm. so it's it's that and people used to go um if they knew me they said never are you staff on commission no well, they act as, you know, they, yeah. they get the feeling. Why do you think they're, you, they, you get the feeling that they're on commission? Well, I get the feeling because they're so enthusiastic. Mm. And does that equate to they must be on commission? Well, in most people's mind, yeah. But no, they, the customer comes first. They wanted to make the customer's uh, journey in that, in that 
part of their life. They they want to make it easy for them. Mm, and I guess it's the concept of selling is serving. Actually, you it know is. that that's what you're doing. Whereas, like you say, the traditional view of selling is 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 probably a bit more aggressive. Whereas, actually, what you're doing is solving a problem for the customer. We're, you, we're, what you've we're solving that problem yeah, as yeah. quick as possible, as easy as pro- possible, without any fuss or bother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and and so therefore, we knew our products. We knew our competitors, yeah, uh, and um, uh, and we wasn't allowed to let the customer go mm. because if you let the customer go, they'll only come in next week and say, "I looked at the pram, I had a demonstration, and now you haven't got it." Yeah, you almost let them down if you let you them let walk them out down with what? nothing. And, and after and after people yeah. after people saying, "Why didn't you tell me you you know you was well?" Uh, you said you didn't want it, you yeah. know. But I do want it. Well, why didn't you tell me? And, you know, and after all this, because customers teach you how to serve them, mm. uh, and usually by, they're aggravated. Uh, and uh, so what I say is 99% of customers who are very, very nice don't teach you anything. Mm. The half a percent or the 1% who says, you should have done this teach you mm. and go I don't want that aggravation anymore so in the future we will tell people that um, we've only got so many mm. whatever it is mm. uh, and we'll we'll give them all the information and they can make their mind up then yeah I, I love this and there's so for anyone that's listening who's got a, in particular if you're in a service-led business um, there's so much gold in in all of everything that you're saying so the so kitty care you you had for how many years in total from start to finish 34 Neville? 34 years wow so it really was your I mean it was a, a baby product it was your baby really because you started it from zero didn't I never you? I never thought of it as that uh, and I, I just thought it's box shifting operation Okay, you know, we, talk we us shift, through that. We shift boxes, especially when the internet come along. We shift boxes. We could have anything in those boxes. Uh, we're in the service industry. We're serving that customer with nursery equipment. But I could be serving you with hi-fi. I could be serving you with baked beans. Mm. The principle is the same. Yeah. So I didn't realise that how deeply I loved that business until the day that we well it, it was a few weeks before mm. i was realizing that we was going to uh lose what um what we had built mm. you know that uh, and it was lovely um what we had built and the people that we'd built around us and uh, the, you know the family um that we was working with and the bigger family and yeah. the reps and um and, I, and nine years later, I'm still going out with reps. I'm still seeing reps. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like uh, not to do business, but I mean, and, and a lot of them have moved on. Yeah. But yeah. They, they just become family and friends. Yeah. How did it feel on, when you actually did sell the business then? Obviously, a lot of anticipation and work in the build up to selling the business in the first place because it's not easy to prepare a business for sale. No. Um, but, but, on the actual day itself and you you know you've signed the last you like the ink is not even dry on the uh, on the paperwork what was the feeling for you and marilyn at that um, point i suppose deflation um 
sadness because um, we, we our door was always open mm. it was uh, we had a massive office and um, Marilyn had a desk I had a desk and, and our um, secretary she was in the next uh, area but she was always in our office and there was always reps in the office there was always even though uh, buyers used to see them they always used to come in for a cup of tea you know always for a chat <laughs> yeah. and uh, and they had seen our kids grow up all the reps had seen the kids grow up oh. and it was like and the kids were there and the grandkids were there and the grandkids used to come in and go to nanny's sweet drawer you know and the, every day you know it's like and those people used to come in and um and it was next, you know, and the door was open. And, then, and there'd be a queue of people and they'd be coming in. They'd be going, uh, yeah, I don't want to bother you too much, I'd say. I don't want to bother you too But I've got a problem with my mortgage, you know. And I've got, yeah, I've got a problem with my next door neighbour. I, 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 I need a house because I'm getting divorced. And you go, like, oh, no, you, can't, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then the odd occasion, they've got problems with the staff or problems with the production, uh, with product with the quality with whatever and it was a continual mm. um like a treadmill people were coming in coming in all the time and we was at the heart of that yeah. solving problems not not just for the customers mm. but solving problems for the uh, for the staff uh and because it, it was it was there we wanted them to come in we didn't want disruption in their life yeah so we try to minimise the disruption in their life because it's, I won't say it's selfish, but it is uh, kind of a bit because mm. we didn't want disruption in our business. Sure. So yeah. you have to look after your staff yeah. so your business can be looked at. You look after your customer so your staff can be looked after. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, the reps and the suppliers and the manufacturers and uh, it goes on and on and on and yeah. on. Yeah. It does right into the people who's cutting down the trees uh, and um, you know, sawing up the wood to make the cots, you go as far back as that. So mm. where is the chain? Yeah. You know, and um, and it is oh, it's so interesting, and so, yeah. and it's so and it was horrible, you know, oh. to feel that one day you was in the middle, you was the heart of all what went on in that in that fantastic business. Um, and when we had started, there was 2,200 people in the nursery business in, yeah. in England. And wow. when we finished, there might have been about 250. Yeah, consolidation yeah, had happened. Uh, and, yeah. and, um, and we developed our own ways. We, we didn't go down the traditional route mm, of mm. where everybody was. One thing that if you know nothing about an industry, you're free. Your mind is free to f- develop new ideas mm. and do it different ways. And people used to go, we don't do it that way. You know, it's been like, for the last 50 years, <laughs> we've done it this way. Yeah. Why are you going that way? Uh, oh, well, I didn't know there was a way. Yeah. I didn't know. You know <laughs> I, and, you're making your own way. Yeah, you yeah. make your own way. Yeah. 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 And then you'd make your decisions, not uh, it was based on the the new company, what you wanted, how you wanted to do it. Mm. Why didn't we have 50 shops? Why didn't we have 100? Why didn't we have 400 shops like Mother Care? You know, mm. and then you get Toys R Us had 26 shops, you know. And um, and so why didn't we do Why did we concentrate on one shop? You're going to ask me that question. I'm going to... Yeah. Why did you concentrate on one shop, Neville? <laughs> because it was very simple. Because Marilyn and I wanted to work together. 
Yeah. We wanted our children with us. Mm. We wanted to see our grandchildren every day. Mm. And people go, but the, there's a, you could have an operation that goes all over the country and mm. you could make millions. Well, we wasn't interested in that. Yeah. But we did make millions because mm. we did it a, other way. Mm. It was like, say to people, you know, you can chase uh, dreams, you can chase things, you can chase the money, but actually what... What do you want? Yeah. How do you want to feel comfortable? And, the, uh, and then if, if you want something, uh, then, then you go for that. And, mm. um, and, you, see, and you, see, you get what you want. Yeah. You I do. think it is about, being, about doing it your way, isn't it? You know, everyone is different. Everyone's unique. Everyone has different motivations. Ooh. And one size Somebody doesn't fit in. all. <laughs> um, Who so, was it? A girl or a boy? A girl just came in, yeah. Right. Okay. yeah. Perhaps one of my girls. One of your girls. <laughs> Brilliant. So family, it's all about family, yeah. isn't it? Um, yeah. And let's just, just obviously you sold the business and you, you, you know, that was quite a, a big headline there, you know, 70 million Morrisons yeah. and, and an incredible achievement yeah, as well, world. even though it was sad and I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. But you achieved something that probably most people could never even imagine in their, their wildest dreams. But there's so much more to you and Marilyn and the family and what else you you've created isn't there because properties I don't know perhaps you're going to tell me <laughs> well 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 I know you're very big in property as well right, yes, um, so I yes. think kiddie care oh, yeah. is the is the sort of probably what you're most publicly known for yes that's right um, but there's a lot more to you guys than that isn't there so yeah, do you want but, to just talk about the property yeah, business because the bit? property is probably the main thing yeah. you <laughs> yeah. see the the, the kiddie care was a sideline <laughs> And it was like because we'd gone from uh, being a window cleaner, you know, and and um, and after about three, the title of the book, the answer is yes, no, what is the question? That came from about, I don't know, a few days to two or three weeks in to uh, doing window cleaning because I wanted to get enough money to put food on the table to then pay our overheads to do, the, you know, whatever mm. uh, that and to expand the business. Uh, and so therefore somebody come to us one day, um, I was up a ladder. Is it, is it? Yeah, I was, I was up a ladder and this person come and looked at the ladder and said, Neville, why are you here? And I said, uh, they said, will you? And I said, yeah. And she said, I've not asked a question yet. I've not, I'll go, look, I'll do anything, anything you want me to do. Yeah. And, and, um, and of course uh, my mum's uh, voice was ringing in my ear. Um, as long as it's not immoral or illegal in my mum's eyes, yeah, because Lord Jesus will punish you, Neville, you know. And Oh, she used to call me boy. Yeah, Lord Jesus will punish you, boy, if you do anything wrong. And um, that sounded a bit like Monty Python, didn't it? But she didn't talk, she didn't talk like that. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, you know, there's boundaries. But I, I, I'm, I'm very pleased to say nobody asked me to go outside of the uh, of those boundaries because yeah. it's all normal people and yeah. all just wanted normal jobs doing yeah yeah you know? so so therefore uh, my adhd uh kicked in because a window cleaner normally has a window cleaning round and they can do 15 20 houses a day mm. and they're five or six days a week and their round is like two or three or four weeks and you know there's a ceiling but with my ADHD kicking in, somebody will say, Neville, why are you here? Can you mend that fence? And I'll go, yeah. No, I, a normal person what, would go, no, I can't because I've got to do the next door windows. Yeah. A normal person would say, I, I, I could do it for you, but I, it'll be three weeks time or whatever. 
But I wasn't that normal person because the excitement and the ADH, uh, I forgot about the next door neighbor's yeah. house, you know, because that could be done later, tonight, tomorrow. Mm. I wanted to mend the fence because I wanted that customer to be happy. Yeah. And so, therefore, the answer was yes all the time. So, a window cleaning business was never going to work for me because I didn't want a ceiling. I couldn't cope with doing things nine to five. I couldn't yeah. cope with anything. I had to start early, I had to finish late. Um, and um, I remember somebody, I, was, uh, I went on from... Uh, window cleaning to painting and decorating to stuff like that mm. and and i remember i used to pack up when the church bells or wherever it was uh, was um striking 12 and this person come in about 11 o'clock in his dressing gown and he looked up at me i was painting his ceiling in the kitchen or somewhere and <laughs> and um, he said uh, never what time are you going home i said well i normally i normally go at 12 and he goes oh, i want to go to bed i said well that's all right. i'll let myself out there's no problem. He said, he looked at me, he said, you'll never, you'll never work in my house again. And I, you know, and I, oh, I was, I, I, I was so passionate about doing the job properly. Yeah. And I was so deflated. And he looked at me and he smiled and he said, well, not while I'm here. I'll give you my keys. And when I go on holiday, you can do my work. <laughs> I love that. Like, wow. I, got, I went from here to there to there, you know, in about 10 seconds. And do you know that that meant more to me than anything else? Yeah. Because what he was saying to me is, I trust you. I trust you, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I ended up with a van full of keys where people go, I don't want you in my house when I'm here, but I, I can trust you yeah. to, to, to do the job yeah. when, when I'm not here. And that says it all, doesn't it? And, and that was lovely. Yeah. Uh, and again, that was horrible. That was one of the horrible times of my life when we got to this crossroads and we had to make a decision. Do we carry on working for these people mm. or do we just work for ourselves? Right, yeah. And, it was, and there was a crossroads there and we had a couple of days off. We went in and, and uh, went to somewhere uh, in a caravan and um, had a couple of days to, di to discuss it, talk about this. And uh, we realised that if we wanted progress in life, I couldn't be mending somebody's gate or yeah. decorating or papering their ceiling or whatever it was. I had to be um, in a house with six people, renovate it in six weeks and on to the next and on to the yeah. next and on to the next. And I couldn't do two things you know yeah, yeah. and so although these people had helped us like the window cleaning people mm. had helped us then the, the decorating people had helped us and we were doing small extensions and everybody helped us and we really appreciated it but unfortunately if your ambition and your want and your needs and everything are further along then there are stepping stones. Mm. I'm not saying it's about stepping on people, but no, I'm no. saying there are stepping stones in your business where you have to make those hard decisions. Mm. And the hardest decision was to give the keys back because every single customer said, Neville, just do it for me. <laughs> and, and my heart was going, I just want to do it for them. But my brain was going, yeah. I can't send somebody to put a latch on a gate for five quid. Mm. And then I've got to go and and check it out and I can't do it I need I need to be focused yeah and focus is one of the things that I could do I could focus and and get things done mm. because 
there was a timeline and if we had six weeks to renovate a house there was, I was that was fine for me because you know with my ADHD I would be I could focus because each each uh, room you know uh, uh, everything to do with the house it was all in um, what one bedroom two bedroom three bedroom the kitchen the lounge the dining room the mm. the front uh, the, the, the 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 front garden the back garden the roof I put it all into numbers mm. and probably I had 20 numbers and each job was on a number and I used to count them down yeah so that and, worked and, for you and yeah. so it worked for me mm. because mm. um I needed I needed the system yeah and the system yeah. was you you do each and you complete it and you you know it that's so, how we work. Yeah. So what started off as a window cleaning, you know, job, if you like, and then a sort of property maintenance business, I guess it evolved well, into... cleaning glass is property maintenance. Yeah, well, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I know that's a good way of looking at it, but then that's now ended up with you being, obviously, having a significant property portfolio so all oh, those yeah. years ago. So yeah, massive. What, what, does, what does it look like for you now? You're mainly commercial properties. I don't know, maybe 150 million very yeah. flat, very yeah. you know throwaway. Know. 150 million no, stop people it doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean it i mean it's very no, very fantastic. good but it it what uh, what i i will say to people is you can't believe what's going to happen in the next 50 years mm. and, and and trust me it will happen because if you are it, it if you love what you do if you're in your element yeah and for a start it doesn't it doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere. Yeah. But you are. And then it and it grows and grows and grows, you know, and, and, and then before you know it before you know it, you know, it takes years yeah. and years. <laughs> but um it 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 works. But if you are in your element and you love what you do, yeah. And you push and you push and push because um you, you want to be the greatest boxer mm. or you want to be the greatest builder or you want to be yeah. the greatest decorator uh, Muhammad Ali said um, uh, and I've said this a million times the interviewer said um, if you wasn't a world champion boxer what would you be and he said I can be anything he says I, I could be a garbage collector and I'd be the best garbage collector in the world yeah. and of course that resonated with me because I was there on that level mm. and I'm thinking he's my hero he's what I apart from my dad and people yeah. like that but he's I can't believe that he's up there and he said, I will collect garbage cans. When me, I was collecting garbage cans. It was like yeah. that was the level. <laughs> and that he brought me up into such a level that I said, if he can do it. I can do it too. I can, I can do it. And yeah. so therefore, I, I was proud then of being the best window cleaner, being the best painter. You know, mm. be, you know I was... It made me proud. It made me realise that I wasn't there. I wasn't stupid. I wasn't, you know, because mm. it was, um, it's all in the mind. Yeah. And, and that's important. I mean, that is, I think mindset is just such a key thing, isn't it? It doesn't matter what business you're in, what profession you're in. You know, you could be running a charity. You could be, you know, multi-multi-millionaire. Yeah. Um, the whole range, really. But mindset is everything, yeah. isn't it? It it's, is. It you is. Know, it's and either unlocks the potential or it can hold you back. Yeah. One of two, you know. And, and the thing is, it, it grew. And we put all the money in through the bank, we we put all the money into uh, the business, and the and then we went for a loan. Right. And we and we wasn't afraid of because there's bad debt and there's good debt. 
bad debt is taking a credit card and putting it on a deposit on a, a, a holiday. Yeah. Well, that's bad debt. Yeah. You know, and or going and buying some clothes that you don't need if you haven't got the money. Mm. So you don't load yourself with bad debt, but load yourself with good debt. And good debt is speculate to accumulate. And so therefore, you know, we needed a house to live in. So we get a mortgage, but we get a bigger mortgage than we need because then it's a deposit for yeah. another house. Mm. Renovate the house in, in six weeks and sell that. And then you put the deposit onto two houses. So it was always reinvesting in the business for growth, but it was one thing at a time. I mean, the thing that I, that's sticking out for me here is, yes, you had a vision, but you just did one one job at a time, one project at a time, and then it kind of grew from there. So you took action, consistent yeah. action every single day. All the time. Um, yeah. And not being scared of hard work, having the right mindset and sort but of knowing you wanted to create What is hard work? You know, I'll, I'll go back... You don't back, feel like work if you I'll, love what I'll you do, right? I'll go back to being in your <laughs> element, you know, a cricketer, a footballer. Yeah. You know, hard work, what is what is that? It's practice, 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 your mm. trade, practice your... your uh, what you're doing, what you love doing. Mm. You know, isn't it, wow, skipping? You know, if you're a boxer, skipping, like three or four hours a day, you know, dancing. Well, mm. if you're a dancer, you know, um, you, you, you do it for 10 hours a day. Yeah, if yeah. you are a violinist or you play guitar, you practice, practice, practice. Is that hard work? No, it's not hard it. work. Yeah, is is um, getting your ladder up to... Um, paint uh before the dawn breaks is that hard work some people think it because they think it as a job mm. i'm thinking it is my life yeah you know yeah. and and if i could get another window in before the dawn broke i've had i've scared so many people they've opened their they've opened their curtains in the morning to see me holding my paintbrush <laughs> yeah. and they go <laughs> yeah. so so you know um i used to say i can earn twice as much as any other painter and decorator and they hell yeah well i start two hours earlier yeah. i finish two hours later i run i i'm ambidextrous and and the challenges, you challenge yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so a goal, you know, and a goal within a goal. Yeah. And it's like, and it's not hard work. It's, 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 it's not easy. It's hard, but it's in your mind. Yeah. Everything is in your mind. Yeah. And you, and, and you had the family. I mean, you had you and Marilyn, and then you, you've got you, the girls, the yes, daughters came yeah, into the business yeah. as well. So how how was that? Did that make a big difference? The fact that you were all in it together. So yeah. your sort of your personal life and your work life—they weren't separate. Yeah. It was just your life together. Yeah, yeah because I think we'd have given yeah. up a lot sooner. <laughs> you you yeah. see, so one you, you got these drivers, uh, and and the driver for uh, for me was. I needed to work for myself because I couldn't do what I could do yeah. working for somebody else. Yeah. And and the pain and the agony of uh, having to... Uh, um, I, I remember I was the uh, day foreman on um, uh, on one of the jobs in, and there was 12 guys, right? And um, I was put in charge and and then at the end of the day, I had to fill the diary in. What we'd done... Uh, and uh, who did it? Mm. Well, I, I I couldn't do it. Yeah. 
So that was agony for me. That was worse than, that was the hardest work that Mm. you could ever imagine because in my brain, it was just crumbling and I couldn't do it. I'd rather go and and work 12 hours physically, manually than try and, and put one line in the diary of what, the guys had done I couldn't do it mm. so so that was everything was easy for but you know um so therefore working with Marilyn made it easy mm. because she would mix the cement I'd be I'd be if it was roof tile say say the if it was windy and loads of damage on roofs then I'd be up there and I'd say a bucket of uh, a bucket of muck and she would mix it three and one or whatever and I'd take it up and put the tiles on and while I was um, uh, putting the ladders on the truck she'd be uh, with a typewriter typing the invoice out yeah. and going and giving it to the person getting the money yeah so it was um, time and motion and it was uh, working together and and so that that was fine mm. it was and that's what we wanted and then when the girls came along they started working in in the business when they was 10 because it was it was a shop mm. you know and so and they had a wage packet from when they was uh, 10 yeah <laughs> and and they just naturally come into the business yeah it's fantastic. and then their husbands come into the business wow you know, and um, and my grandchildren, there was always in the business. And my now I've got great, uh, I've got a great grandchild oh, now. Congratulations! Yeah, so five grandchildren <laughs> and, and one great grandchild, and um, yeah, so it goes on. So so you're doing it for um, because that's the life you want. Yeah, yeah. and it's secure, and it's more secure. It is for us. Mm. It is. Yeah. Your story is so inspiring because, one, you've achieved some incredible things in business, but just the fact that you're so humble and you know you're in it together as a family and I know you're very you, you know you don't shout about about you know necessarily the numbers as such but it is incredible what you've achieved and, and I said from 150. A, 150 I know but you're not going no, it was 150 no, it doesn't you know, matter it's, immater- it's immaterial because it's because uh the thing is we we want to build because we want to give people uh, opportunities of um we the the money comes as a byproduct, the rents and stuff like yeah. that, um, and we want everybody to play the game because if we're if we're going to invest in a piece of land and then a new building and we find a tenant, um, uh, then then we expect the rent, you yeah, know, of and it, and yeah. and if they don't like the rent for whatever reason, they don't have to go in there, mm. you know. Nobody's holding um, a gun against their head, no. you know. People they're free, so we've got to. Um, get a nice product at, at uh, a good price even if it's the top of the market price because but we've made the top of the market product mm, mm. so it's not all about money we're, we're um, getting uh, probably the highest rents in Peterborough uh, for what we're building you know mm. for um, and people go you'll never rent them at that no the quality's there you know yeah. there's not everybody who wants the cheapest thing no. So, um, you know, there's, there's not everybody wants a Rolls Royce, but they sell, you know, sell a lot of Rolls Royces, you know, because yeah. there are people there who want them. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. uh, we, we, we do it for the market. Brilliant. Honestly, there's so much, so much um, fascinating insight into your life, your business, how you work and everything. And, uh, and I just think for anyone listening, so many pieces of brilliant 
inspiration, advice. Uh, I would I would challenge anyone to not be fired up when they listen to this <laughs> listen to this interview. But I've got one final question for you, if I may, Neville. So, if you were giving some advice to someone starting out in business today, or I'll give you two scenarios: starting out in business, or having a a relatively sort of small business but wanting to scale up, maybe, or, or sort of you know go to the next level, as you mentioned. What what would be the advice you would give them? Well, ask them why why they want to do it yeah you know, what what do they expect out of it and because um, a lot of people want to do things but they don't really think about what they're what they're doing are they um is everybody concerned with them in their circle and i'm talking about uh, their people they live with maybe the mum and dad the the spouses the children and all are they all singing off the same hymn, hymn sheet? Yeah. Just because you want to do something, it doesn't mean... I mean, I've wanted to do loads of things, and Marilyn goes, no. <laughs> 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 we're, we're not doing that. And go, I go, because I know in my heart that it's the wrong thing to yeah, do. Okay. You know, um, I was going to buy a 47-room uh, mansion um, uh, one one day that had never been touched for a hundred years, and I'm talking about uh, in 1981, that was um, 240 thousand pound, and you could buy a brand new semi-detached three-bedroom house for about 15 grand. You know, the the detached four-bedroom houses in those days were 25 grand, yeah. so it was like four, eight, uh, ten houses of n normal. Um, and I was looking at that, and Marilyn goes, no. We're not having that because I wanted somewhere uh, away from people with security and uh, we'd got to that point where we needed, uh, we couldn't live on a, um, a, a, an estate anymore. Sure, yeah. And there was some of our tenants living in better houses than us. So we'd got to have something that um, was to our lifestyle. Mm. And she said, no, it's a mausoleum. It's uh, too dark, it's too horrible, it's too far away. And I'm not bringing my children up in that. And I was a bit disappointed because I was really enthusiastic. <laughs> that's it. But we found somewhere else. And yeah. I knew she was right. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's what are other people around them? Are they doing it for themselves? Are they doing it for other people? Are they doing it for a group? And um, and, and, and why? And mm. what are they interested in? And why not go for it? Whatever it is, you can always go backwards yeah. you know it doesn't matter you know a lot of people will go somewhere and we've done this before we're going down a track and then we double back and mm. we go backwards to go forwards yeah. all the time we've been backwards to go forwards but what you find when you do go backwards and you retrench and you decide on something you go forwards at a, a much uh, faster pace and you and it's like climbing up a, a mountain just make sure it's the right mountain and sometimes it's not and if it, and if you you haven't got people following you that you love and you want to be with then you're going up the wrong mountain go up one that everybody wants to go up mm, so yeah. it's um I don't know whether I, I think I've answered the question. You have answered the question brilliantly. So go up the right mountain and bring everyone with you. Yeah, I think and don't that's be afraid a, to go back. And don't and be afraid to go back and start off another mountain. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. What, a, what a perfect way to end the podcast, I think. So listen, Neville, thank you so much. That's I really right. appreciate it. I know how busy you are. You've got loads no, going on. Yeah, but um, no it's a real pleasure yeah. to, uh, to have time to chat with you. So yeah, thank you. You lovely. are brave, bold and brilliant, of course. Thank you very much. <laughs> Great thank stuff. You. Thanks, All Neville. Right. Okay, thank you.